Who's this? Oh, you're an entrepreneur? Oh, you're a real estate investor. Oh, you're trying to learn from those who did it. Well, come into the lab then. Put your white coat on, gloves on, notepad, and let's build y'all. Experimentation, Ruben here. Listen, you guys know how much I love the short-term rental space. It's been one of actually my favorite guests I've had on my show, especially as an investor myself. Now, as an investor and digital marketer, I can tell you that in 2021, what is most important for every host is to establish and build your own brand. See, while Airbnb.com and Booking.com and Expedia which we call OTAs are good, they're not necessarily gonna take your business to the next level. Or if it currently is, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. That is because the majority of hosts are not establishing their own platform, their own websites where your guests can book directly through you. If you understand anything about business and marketing, it is the ability to control a list, to have control of that list. You do not have that kind of access and control when you're relying on other OTAs. So the best and easiest way to do this is by working with Boostly. See, Boostly, Mark actually have had him in the lab in episode 130. And the thing is, they built their website specifically for folks in the short-term rental space. And they built that on a WordPress website. See, 64% of all websites in the world are powered by WordPress. While the PMSs that you may have currently are offering you free sites, they're not built on WordPress. Now, Boostly also works with your existing PMS. And it doesn't matter if you're a host of one property or a hundred, they can start anywhere from 99 pounds. They've helped over 600 clients worldwide. And it is so important that you tap into what they're offering and schedule a consultation call with Mark and his team at Boostly so that you can start leveraging and building your platform so you can start getting direct bookings to skyrocket your business. It's really important that you do this and start building your own brand and that you're in control of your direct bookings for your business. So if that's the case, make sure you book a call at boostly.co.uk forward slash epic. That's boostly.co.uk forward slash epic and make sure that you schedule a call with Mark and his team at Boostly so that you can start getting your direct bookings for your short-term rental business. We'll see you on the other side. Real estate experiment. What is happening y'all today? I have the pleasure of having Tom Lonnie into the lab with us dialing in from Nashville. Am I correct? That is correct. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to get into the lab. We're just, you know, playing in the background, a little, you know, uh, technical difficulties, but we always make it happen. And I always say like, what a time to be alive, right? We're able to literally dial in from anywhere in the world and still get a chance to offer value to our listeners. So welcome to the lab. So Tom, you have a very unique story. And the reason we were talking about this offline just a second ago about like, who's the avatar and like, We have your experimenters, right? So a lot of the listeners are, you know, uh, to put it, and I should have said this earlier, but I'm like, let's save it for the air. Experimenting is about going broad first, understanding, okay, what are my options, right? And then doubling down on what works. And I think there's no better person than yourself to come into the lab, as we call it, to talk about how you were kind of tackling a problem of your own that you had and mm-hmm. then you kind of went deep on it, which is what experimenting is all about. You have to go broad first yeah. and go deep. So 
I, I don't think I could have done a better job than, you know, you can to tell us about literally where, what problem were you solving initially when you got into what we call now the infinite banking specialist that we talk about and et cetera, all that you've done. Um, yeah. Let's talk about who Tom was before, and then you can fast forward into what problem you were really able to solve. So let's talk about it. Who was Tom? All right. That, that sounds awesome. Thank you so much for having me on this show. I'm so excited to be here and I'm looking forward to seeing how to explaining how I can add value to your group and really trying to help unlock a few mysteries because this thing, this area that I'm in now can be a little bit confusing, but I was 29 years in the music industry, believe it or not. And I was a mix engineer and producer and 20 years ago or more now, actually, I had somebody tell me that I needed a disability insurance policy. And the thing about a disability insurance policy, it's one of the most under-owned policies that uh, that really is out there. And what it does is it protects your ability to earn a living. And about around about 2013, so maybe eight years or so ago, um, I started to lose, actually it was 2012, I started to lose hearing in one ear and was no longer able to continue doing that job. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and learn everything I can about this financial world and how it is that I've come to be in so great debt or gratitude for having this particular piece of um uh, uh, of insurance on my ability to earn a living. So I had a special policy called an own occupation policy, and that paid for me to go back to school for four years and learn everything that I could. And I went back and got a chartered financial consultant designation, a chartered life underwriter designation, and a chartered special needs consultant designation. And I really, really loved learning all of this wonderful new information. And right around the time when I was um, just finishing up that career in music, or just winding it down, I should say, um, I came across one of my favorite subjects was Austrian economics and Austrian economic theory. And what that is, it has to do with why prices go up and down and inflation and the money supply and all of this stuff that I thought was really fascinating. So I went to hear an Austrian economist speak. His name is Robert Murphy. And lo and behold, he laid out the case for infinite banking in such a clear and concise way. And I had no idea what it was, but that is what I was really drawn to understanding thoroughly. So what infinite banking is, it is being able to have a line of credit that when you borrow against it, it does not increase the money supply. All right. So the problem for investors, I work all over the nation with real estate investors specifically. That's who I am best geared towards. And that's who I can help the most because real estate investors are really, really unique people. Their mindset is different. Their mindset is, hey, I want to be in control. I would rather be in control of my future than handing my future to somebody else. Would you agree with that? I couldn't agree more. And and, and I'm so glad that you like walked right into it because that was going to be my my next question. But I want to take a step back because I, I do believe yeah. that 
you know, your reflection of, you know, your operation, your, your business. And I think it's just, I don't want to let this, you know, this, this really powerful story slip through the cracks. I think it's really important to highlight sure. that, you know, you, you, you literally um, had to face adversity in your life yep. that kind of made you really go deep into an area that you needed the most. And so I'm very curious because I, I heard the, the you going back to the school part. Now, I, I just want to make sure that you know, I give some context here. So you're the policy because I wrote it down here. It's own occupation. Um, is it an own disability? Dis disability. So, so yep. let me ask you, because this happens all the time, right? Insurance. Yeah, I'll get it until until it happens. Now you really need it. At what <laughs> yeah. point? You know, it's the same thing. And I'll say, too. Yeah, well, banks give you money when you don't need it. Right. Or, you know, right. So. Let's talk about this for a second. Uh, this disability policy is, it, is this. I want to make sure I'm, I'm saying everything correctly. Yes, you're this saying it perfectly. New, okay, fantastic. Yeah. This disability policy is this something that you had in place prior to the event, or is it something like, oh wow, now that I've come across it, I need to get it? Because I think it's important now for it, our listeners to hear that. That's a great question. And what it is is that you have to have that type of insurance in place before an event happens. So there can't be a pre-existing condition. Um, you have to qualify based on how much money you earn is the big thing. And the second thing is what occupation are you? So for example, I was a recording engineer who was making my living using my hearing. All right. And so what own occupation means is that if I'm unable to do that job, but I'm able to do another job, it still pays. All right. So there's a lot of jobs that you can do without perfect hearing. I just had partial hearing loss. Right. Um, there's a lot of jobs you can do without perfect hearing. But this policy paid off tax free for five years. And what I used that time frame for was to go back and learn another career. So it was really a valuable resource for me because honestly, I don't think I would have went back and learned an entire new career if I had to continue working to support my family. There's no telling what I would have had to do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, and, 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 yeah. and I think it's, it's important to preface by uh, you know, one of the questions I had was, did you, so it sounds like you had this policy in place before. Yeah, it was, I put it in force in, I believe it was 1992 and I didn't use it until 2012. Okay. So, so can you walk us through that? <laughs> like, what, how did you, cause I think it's important for us to, a lot of us are in the, you know, real estate entrepreneurs, we're playing a lot of offense, not so much yep. defense. Yes. At what point? So just so our listeners can really think about this, whether you're driving, listening to this, or whatever it is that you're doing, just take a pause for a second, listen to this, kind of that this how important it was for Tom to have this in place before it happened. But give us a little bit of like an idea of like what what made you? Hey, yeah, you, I don't know if you said uh, did you say two thousand and no ninety two? You said nineteen ninety two. Yes, 92. sir. That's when I bought the policy. Yeah. How did you? What made you buy the policy? Were you persuaded? Were you, you do you have some, someone in your colleague? What was it that made you get the policy? It, it was a financial advisor who said to me, you know, you're making quite a bit of money in the music industry um, with your hearing. And if you lose that hearing for any reason, you will not be earning this kind of money. So you really need to protect that income. And there is a specific product designed to do that. 
honestly, it's one of the most under-owned and least understood um, financial products out there is disability insurance. And anyways, that's how I was able to go back and learn all that I know now. And I'm just really excited about sharing with people. Um, really, that doesn't have anything to do with infinite banking, okay? Yeah. But I want you to understand that I've come up with my own concept called Bulletproof Wealth. And Bulletproof Wealth incorporates this disability protection with infinite banking. So I combine a lot of different elements to give you a more holistic approach to protecting your wealth so that no matter what happens to you, you're going to be okay. Um, and the way I like to put it is, hey, this is not a get rich quick scheme. It's a hopefully you'll never be poor scheme. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, <laughs> Because at least if you lose your ability to earn a living, this will pay, right? And also inside of the infinite banking concept, which has nothing to do with disability insurance, it's a whole nother thing. It has to do with creating a line of credit in specially designed, mutually owned whole life insurance. So okay. that is what infinite banking is. It's so a whole different thing, but I combined those two things together to create the Bulletproof Wealth Strategy. Okay, so I, um, this was so important for us to understand. I'm taking a lot of notes already. You're filling up my pack because that's what we do here in the lab. So uh, I let's love unpack it. this thing for, because I think what you've done here is you've given us some great context, right? But yeah. I want to go lay, uh, I want to lay the foundation even a little bit more. For those who are listening, who are not familiar with infinite banking, can you yes. give an idea of what a traditional infinite banking model looks like or what it yeah. even is so that then we can understand the twist that you put on now that you've yep. pretty much made it very clear of how you've kind of modeled the disability policy. So we're gonna keep that on the on the back end and then we're gonna yes. like add the two together. So let's talk about infinite banking. What is it for someone who's never heard of that before? What does that mean? All right, Inf infinite banking. So the best way for me to describe it is to talk about a home equity line of credit for real estate investors. Yeah. Um, pretty much everybody has heard of a home equity line of credit and understands just the basics of how that functions. So let me just encapsulate it real quick. What a home equity line of credit is, is that you have equity inside of some sort of asset, in this case at your house, and the bank lets you borrow against that equity. They don't, you're not borrowing from the equity, you're borrowing against the equity because your equity stays, your house stays there right? You're just collateralizing that equity. So collateralization is a really important term that, you know, needs to be completely understood. And that just means that that's what you're putting up as collateral in case you default on the loan, then they come and they take your house because that's what a home equity loan is based on. So the cool thing about a home equity line of credit is that your house is still there. If the market appreciates, your house goes up with it, but you're still able to access a portion of the equity, whatever the equity is, depending on what your loan to value is, right? So there's a couple of problems that I love solving for people with the home equity concept. Number one, big problem is that your house is not guaranteed to go up in value if you got a home equity line of credit, because as we all know, from 2008 and nine, houses are not gonna go up forever guaranteed. It just doesn't work that way. Now we are in a really hot market right now. 
And it is true that the prices are going crazy right now, but are they going to be there going the same amount of crazy next year? We have no idea. It's not guaranteed, right? So there's one thing is your house is guaranteed, not, not guaranteed to go up in value. The second thing about a home equity line of credit is that the interest you pay, it goes straight to the bank. Do you own the bank? Answer, no, you do not, right? You usually get a home equity line of credit from a bank that you don't own. Um, so the interest just goes to them and that makes the bank wealthier, right? right? And this is the biggest element with the home equity line of credit that the infinite banking thing really addresses is that if you had a $500,000 house and you got a 90% loan to value on it, if you had no loan, that would be a $450,000 home equity line of credit. It does not matter what your house goes up to over the years in value, that home equity line of credit is not gonna get bigger on its own. It's just going to stay at that 450,000. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not gonna keep going up. The only way to get access to more of your house's collateral is to go back through the whole appraisal process, the whole loan process, get reapproved pull your credit, da, 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 and then eventually you can get access to a larger line of credit. So what infinite banking does is it seeks to create a similar product to a home equity line of credit, but you're using the collateral is the equity inside a specially designed life insurance product that is guaranteed to go up in value every year by contract, number one. Number two, the amount of equity that you have access to goes up every year. And number three, when you pay interest, you're paying it to a company that you're a mutual owner of, so they are required to return part of the profit back to you in the form of a dividend. So they take all the company's profit, and then including any interest payments you make, and then they take out their company expenses and mortality charges, and then the rest of it they return in the form of a dividend. So it's actually a really unique concept. Now, what? how did the guy come up with this concept? He came up with it because when you take a loan from an insurance company, they have, and this is going to be a little technical, but it's called a one-to-one -one capital reserve ratio. That means that if you took a loan for $100,000, the insurance company has to reduce their balance sheet from their general accounting balance sheet by $100,000, right? There's no magic going on there with insurance companies. They just take $100,000. If you borrow $100,000, they have $100,000 less. I don't know... Um, if you have heard this, have you heard much about fractional reserve lending? Do you know what that is? I'm not familiar with it. All right. Fractional reserve lending means that when you deposit money into a bank, they can take a, a, a small portion of that, 10%, leave it on reserve, and then they can loan out way more money. Ah. Yes. Then they then they put then you put in. So yes. if you in, put a hundred in simple words, uh, just to help our listeners, it's basically the yeah. money that's in your bank. A lot of people say, "Hey, can I just take out my million? Well, no, because it's being lended out to. There's a limit, right? I mean, yes. you can't just be extremely liquid. That money is being lended out, and and so yes. So I want to. So let's. I'll let you. Speak I know. I, I said expert. a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I, I want to definitely give give some some context to people. Um, and and I'm I'm glad you're touching on it uh, from from an expert's level because I know there's a little bit more to it. So so please carry on. 
So what it, what it basically means that if I deposit, believe it or not, this is how the banking system works today. If I deposit $100,000, the bank can lend out a million. That's just unbelievable. Now, the question is, where did they get that 900000 from, right? And the answer is, that is part of what's called the banking charter that they have. They have access to what's called fractional reserve lending. That means that they can lend out more money than they have on deposit. So that is why this guy, Nelson Nash, came up with this concept of infinite banking because he knows if you're saving your money with a life insurance company, they don't have access to that multiplier. And so it's a one-to-one -one capital reserve ratio. And you might say, why does all this matter? This is all sounds like a bunch of hyperbole, like it's just, you know, you're talking about economics. Here's what it is. What is the definition of inflation? The definition of inflation is an expanding money supply. That's what a true definition of inflation is, is that the, there are more dollars creating the same amount of goods and services, which causes the prices to rise. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, inflation means rising prices. That is not true. That is the outcome of an expanding monetary supply. Okay, so that's the result of more money being created, chasing or trying to buy the same amount of goods and services. So what this what this does is it solves the problem of that Austrian economists have had forever of, hey, how can we keep inflation in check? So the more people that take advantage of this concept, you're actually preventing the dilution of your own money supply at the same time as providing yourself some unbelievable benefits. So it's pretty cool. Okay, so this is really <laughs> interesting because, so let me ask you, if I'm listening to this, I'm like, okay, Tom, that was great and that's a lot, right? That's a lot to handle, yeah. that's fantastic, but yeah. it's important. It sounds like what you said was like at a macro level, you know, what's happening. Yeah. Now, yes. what about the individual, right? Because a, a lot of us, we're, we're going to battle, we're going to war for our treasure yes. chest. We're trying to build our investment portfolio. I got it. You know, it sounds like that was a very good idea of like, okay, you know, the theory. Talk about the, the, well, the theory <laughs> and really the reality of what's going on, right? People are talking about stimulus yes. checks. Well, that's fantastic. But really, it's the, the value of the dollar. I mean, if you're printing on money, the value of your dollar is going to, you know, it's, Where did the the government has no ability to create money? Uh, I mean, to create value, all they can do is you know print money, and right. that money is backed by really nothing. Nothing. So it used it's to going be by gold before, you know, right? Yeah. Nixon. Yeah. Prior to nineteen seventy one. But no, right? that's they no took us the off case. that. No, it's not. They now call it fiat currency, which fiat means by decree. So they just declare it to be in existence and boof, there's more money. Well, if you have more money every year and the same amount of stuff, <laughs> then the stuff has to be going up in value. It just it has to be costing more. It's that's just how it works. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's the true cause of inflation. So, so anyways, this yeah, is yeah. what uh, it's a lot of economic theory to boil down what infinite banking is. But in reality, 
real estate investors have to save their money somewhere, right? And so where do people save their money when they're trying to take advantage of a deal when it comes along? Because as you know, you have to be in a position to take advantage of a real estate opportunity if it comes along. Most people are saving money in traditional banks, okay? So the big thing that I teach people is that honestly, I teach people how banks make money and why you would really rather be in the position of making money like banks do if you had the option, right? If you understand how banks make money, then you'll realize, hmm, wait a minute, is the bank really your friend here? We'll be right back. So let me give you an example. If you deposited $100,000 into a bank, does the bank consider that an asset or a liability on their balance sheet? What do you think? I would say a liability. It is a liability because they have to start paying somebody who deposits that money interest the next day, right? And banks do not make money by paying people money. They make money when this next guy comes along and he takes a loan from the bank, right? So when a borrower comes along and he takes a loan from the bank, now that is the asset. Now it's backwards from what most people think, right? Most people think if you took $100,000 down to a bank and you deposited it in the bank, that they would consider that an asset. They'd be so happy to have that money. But in fact, no, it's not till they put that money to work do they make any money. Well, I think Does that make did, sense? Absolutely, and I think my our, uh, my listeners can probably con uh, connect with this. I, I work with a lot of hard money lenders and uh, which you're totally. familiar. And you know, I was yes. speaking with one who lends a lot of money. He's like, I don't want to get my money back, <laughs> Ruben. Like, and I'm, it's just so <laughs> yeah. fascinating because, and the idea is guys, this is for us who are borrowing hard money for a fix and flips. Uh, really, yep. I mean, you're paying those high interest payments. So they want to lend that money out. When you pay them back, that money's dead, right? They don't want that. Right. They want that money to work right. for them. So I think and so guys, if yeah. you, if you have money sitting in a traditional bank, okay you're earning what i like to euphemistically call zero point nothing interest okay that means that they're really not paying you anything to speak of but add insult to injury that money that they pay you on interest on your deposited money is also taxable as your ordinary income bracket so let's just say back to the hundred thousand dollars if you deposited a hundred thousand dollars after one whole year of you doing nothing with that money but waiting for a real estate deal to come along, the bank would be required at a quarter of a point to pay you $250. Well, that $250 for the use of $100,000 would be taxable income to you. So you have to tax that at your ordinary income bracket, which is the highest tax rate. So you're really getting no advantage except for liquidity, which means accessing the money without losing the value, right? So if a borrower came along and was willing to pay the bank five and a quarter percent, and the bank had to pay you a quarter of a percent, what is the bank making on a rate of return basis? That's what I love to get to the bottom of with my people, with my clients and teach them this stuff because when they understand how this all works, their mind starts spinning with, oh my goodness, let's, most people listen to that and they say five and a quarter percent is being paid to the bank. 
the bank's paying out a quarter of a percent, the bank must be making 5%, right? So that is what most people think. And it's just like cracks me up because they're not really understanding the numbers, right? The numbers are put dollars to it and the light bulb will just turn on. If the bank is paying you 250 bucks, but some guy that's taking a loan for that same $100,000 is paying the bank $5,250, that ain't 5%. They're taking $250 and turning it into $5,250. That's a 20x return on their capital, meaning that's a 2,000% return that the bank is making. Why? It's because they're not using their own money. They're lending out the money that you have on deposit. The bank doesn't lend out their own money. So what I'm doing with infinite banking is putting real estate investors in a place where you're building money up inside of a specially designed whole life insurance policy. It gets larger and larger every year. And then when you take a loan, you're not taking money out of your policy. You're using that equity to collateralize a loan against the value of your policy at a low interest rate. You go out and do hard money lending, fix and flip, whatever you want to do, and you're earning a higher interest rate than what you're paying the insurance company, and voila, you're making money just like banks do. Does that make sense? It, it does, and I want to unwrap it because it's there's, there's the, I think you said a keyword, and it was liquidity, right? And that's liquidity, yes, sir. I think liquidity for everyone is like, okay, it's access. I can get to it. But we're not even thinking about the long term. And I and I, I loved how you explained that because that 2000% return is just like bonkers. So we already knew it the is friends, bonkers. The, the, we already knew the banks were on our friends, but we didn't know they were just hustling us, right? Let's just be honest. <laughs> they, so, yes, that's why they give you a dum dum on the way out the door. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> wow, I love that. Wow, that's got to be a quote. That's going to be, we heard it here first. I love that. Dumb -dumb. Uh, but yeah, because, uh, you know, we're the fools here. So, but so now that we've acknowledged the you know and i wouldn't even call it i don't even know if it's an elephant in the room it's it's been in front of our face i think a lot of us investors understand the power of leverage so that's what yes. we do on it and that's when you ask me you know offline well i think we're more net worth driven right not so yes. much cash driven which is which is great i think it's a step yeah. up but we're still doing things traditionally incorrectly uh myself included so let's talk about how we can make that shift because yes and i love how you said because it's like okay we know this is not a good idea but how does it really look like and and i love the hundred thousand yeah. dollar example because that yes can, sir kind of see it what does it look like when i want to come into your ecosystem about yep. this product that's i'm going to call it a three-headed monster by the way because this is just fascinating <laughs> okay. how does that look like when i want to work i want the three-headed monster to be on my side for my next yes video. What oh, I that's do a great question. Next? All right. So here's the way it works. Number one, it looks different for every single individual because the factors that go into it are a how old are you? B, how much money do you earn each year? 
those two things determine your insurable interest. And that's just a fancy term for how much life insurance can you qualify for. So let me just break that down. The younger you are, the more you can qualify for. As you age, that number goes down and down and down and down until eventually at age 70, you don't qualify for any more life insurance, you're done, right? So your eligibility starts at 20 and it ends at 70 and it's based on your income, right? How much it costs to do this depends on your health. Okay, so at any age, people can be unhealthy at 25, 35, 45, whatever, or they can be super healthy all the way until they're 70. So the amount that you can qualify for in terms of a face value, they call it, in other words, like how many millions of dollars of life insurance do you qualify for is strictly based on your age and income. So let me give you an example. A 30-year-old making $100,000 a year will qualify for a 30x multiple or $3 million of life insurance, okay? So that's how much uh, a 30-year-old would qualify for just as an example. And how okay, and, much... And, and I'm sorry, yeah. Tom, because I, I want to make sure that we're, we're, we're... As you're giving so many gems, I want to make sure that we're, we're, we're building some a foundation as you're speaking. Sure, you're, yeah. Because you're so knowledgeable. So three million. Um, yes. What when you say qualify for three million? What does that really mean? Does that mean that as soon as I buy this policy, it means if something happens to me, God forbid, there's three million there. That's there if I'm no longer around. Like, can you? That's right. That means it would take care of you. any beneficiary that you designate. Mm -hmm. Um, would get $3 million tax-free if something happened to you. That's what the $3 million means. It's not th you have $3 million that you can borrow in terms of a loan or anything like that. It's that that is what the insurance company is literally guaranteeing that they will pay out to whoever you want. You know, it could be a charity. It could be spouse, children, anybody. You can you can choose whoever it is, and you can change that. By the way, you know, anytime you want to. But the point is, is that's what the three million dollars is. So let's just say, for example, you were um, uh, thirty years old, earning a hundred thousand dollars, and you said, "Yes, I want to do a three million dollar policy." Now this is what I do: I reverse engineer the policy. Normally. What happens is people say, I want to put in the least amount of money for the most amount of life insurance. That's how people normally think of it. Least amount of money, most amount of life insurance. I reverse engineer that completely and go, okay, I'm going to teach you the benefits of putting the most amount of money in for the least amount of life insurance. So the first thing we have to do is determine your eligibility for being able to do this. So if I said, okay, you're 30, you make $100,000 a year, you can qualify for $3 million. Now we have to see how healthy you are. The main factor on health, believe it or not, is your height and your weight. That's the main thing they look at. Because if you are, they BMI call it a BMI a index, mass index, body mass index, right? If you're overweight dramatically, that's going to cost more to insure yourself, right? And, and so the healthier you, you are, determined by your body mass index and any prior health conditions that you have, the less expensive the life insurance would be. So for example, you know, with a term policy, you might be able to get a $3 million 
term policy on a healthy 30 year old for I'm just guessing, you know, $800 a year, maybe $1,000 a year, right? So I'm, I, I don't know exactly. These are numbers I'm making up off the top of my head. But I might be able to structure an infinite banking policy to put in $30,000 a year for that same $3 million death benefit, right? So I'm just going from 1000 to 30000 and somebody would go, why in the world would I want to do that? The reason is, is because you're building this wonderful cash value inside of your policy that you can then collateralize and have a line of credit guaranteed, by the way, access. They cannot turn you down. So there's no, um, you know, financial requirements, no credit polls, no nothing. When you get this loan, it just comes to you in the form of a direct bank deposit within five days of you requesting it. Right. Okay, so wow. it, let's let's. This is so good, and I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. Like you, honestly, you've been so patient. I can see you just trying to because you understand how complex this can be, and I think you've done yeah. such a good job of bringing us here. Like, sure, guys, are are the dots connecting? Like, if. First of all, you have the, the, the luxury of going back if you need to, right? But I yeah. hope that you're connecting the dots because my light bulb just went bing, like got it, right? So just yeah. say that one more time just so we understand because I think people didn't understand the long-term play here. People for policies, yeah. policies right, a 30-year-old, right, um, and, and it has a $3 million policy, typically would say, oh, let me put the least amount so I can get the most coverage for your life. And you're, you're, you're flipping yep. the script. That's what Tom is doing. Exactly. Saying, no, no, no. You're going to do the opposite because there's there's a little magic at the end when you do that. And please correct me at <laughs> yeah. any point if I'm incorrect. No, you're just, nailed, my, my you nailed it. My light bulb went off. Yeah. He's going to do the opposite, but he's not, you know, he's going to, he said 30,000. You're like, well, why, when, when the heck would I do that? Well, listen to this spread that we're going to literally un un unravel here. $30,000, that's saying again, guys, this is just a number, right? With respect yeah. to your body mass index, how much money you make and your age. Now you have access. Like this is a whole collateral thing, right? Of taking yes. a loan against the, so let's, let's, let's build on that. There's $30,000 yeah. that you've put in and you're aggressively uh, uh, investing into this policy. Let's talk yep. about the magic that you can do now, now that it's in there. So this is the thing is that you start an uninterrupted compound growth stream inside of that policy because it pays dividends every year now for the rest of your life and you can still collateralize it to loan against it. So hard money lending, this is what um, I love to do um, private lending and I have a whole example of how exactly I did this recently. But the bottom line is, is that I just did a recent loan, private money for 125,000. I used my cash value um, as the collateral source, right? And I lent the money out at three points for closing and one point per month, right? So I got um, basically over a year, it's a 12 month loan. I got $18,750, right? How much did that cost me to get? It did not cost 125,000 because I left the 125,000 in my policy. It only cost me the $6,250 of interest that I'm going to have to pay over those 12 months, right? So what I did was 
a normal private money lender would be earning 15% in that scenario, and I turned it into a 200% rate of return by employing my own strategy. Does that make sense? I'm not taking 125,000, I'm taking 6,250 of interest to make 18,750 of interest. And now I'm making money like a bank does. And that's what I'm doing. I'm helping people understand positioning your capital is the most important thing to make money like banks do. And that is you have to position it in a place where it can continue to grow and you can have access to it. In this case, collateralized access to it, guaranteed. Okay, so now I understand why you're trying to go on a gazillion podcast and, and like scream at the top of your lungs because, <laughs> no, I mean, this is, it's, it's interesting <laughs> yeah. because they say, right, when you have a good product, because people, so, so we talk about sales, right? And you're, you're not, you're not, you don't need to, like, it is your duty and obligation to let the <laughs> yeah. world know when yeah, you this have, exists. It's your duty. It's like, I'm selfish. If I don't tell this to my next family member, what am I doing? Right? Like, right. But, but obviously the thing is chains of habit are too light to be felt. So they are too heavy to be broken. Right. That's a Warren Buffett right. quote. Yeah. How we'll hear this. And I know half of the listeners they'll know, but like, I don't know. It just seems to like, I'll you know, go back to the old ways. Can you talk about, uh, the importance if it hasn't been made clear enough of how much you're really not benefiting not only yourself but the people that you love like how how important is it to do this and what are the i guess the how much does it cost you not to do this let's put it that way well it, it is a really interesting thing because this thing that i do is so misunderstood i mean it is ridiculous how misunderstood this is and villainized, okay? Mm -hmm. It is in general, the concept of buying whole life insurance is a villainized concept. And and Ruben, I, I, I just don't know. The reason I think it's villainized in the end is because it pulls people away from investing in the market and the market investing is just where the general population is, is putting all of their money in the market. And the competition for not putting your money in the market is strong. They try to villainize anything that doesn't allow people to just put that money in the stock market. And so I, I will tell you, that is why I only basically work with real estate investors. That's it, because they're the one f group of people that say, you know what? I'm not brainwashed into thinking the stock market is the only place I can put money. I know that I can do real estate, right? Absolutely. And so this is just giving you a structure, a place to save money for the long haul that ends up providing you unbelievable benefits for your family. It gives you unbelievable tax advantages that nothing else has. So the limit, by the way, on that 30,000 a year example, the reason I limited it to that was because if you, the way I designed these things, if you went to $30,001, it would turn into what's called a modified endowment contract and you would lose the tax advantages. So what I'm seeking to do is to put in the maximum amount of money that is allowed by the IRS for this to still be called life insurance. Ooh, okay, okay cool. So that, that <laughs> amount, okay, that's very important. I hope you guys are still yeah. listening here. 
Yeah. Okay, that thirty thousand was that an arbitrary number? Or was that actually? It is. It's an arbitrary number, but I'm just saying that is when yeah. when we were looking at it as an example. Yeah. It, it it's some sort of number, and I will. It's based on your age and your income and your health. Okay. So, so very, everybody's yeah, numbers are different, different, right? And that's why it, the one difficult thing I have with this uh, talking to people is that you can't really talk about this generically other than conceptually because everybody's numbers are totally different yeah. literally your numbers are going to be different than your brothers your numbers are going to be different than your friends it just is because everybody has different health challenges everybody has different income everybody has you know there's just too many variables for me yeah. to go yes you can do this number based on this number it's like i can't do that i have to look at it you know, which is why I have a huge library of educational videos that are totally free for people to learn about this. And then I have a very structured way of creating a customized plan for each person to see if it would be a good fit for you. And I'm not at all aggressive about this. I just help people understand it, show them their numbers, and then to see if they're interested in doing it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I love how you always ask that. Does it make sense? Yeah. Come from a teaching so that is, that is uh, stressfreeplanning.com is where people go mm -hmm. to do that. And they can learn about this in a really low key, non-threatening, I'm not going to be calling you and bugging you, any kind of thing like that. So that is, that's, I love teaching. And the way that I found to be the most effective is to have an online video library that's not available on YouTube or anywhere else. It's only inside of my website and you just put your name and email in to get access to these free video content. That's the way that I decided to do it and it's been very, very effective. Absolutely. So what would you say, you know, is the biggest misconception with with this this concept that you because you know, I want to unravel the that's a good question. So the biggest misconception is that the evil insurance company keeps all of your money. Okay, that is what's been prop, you know, propagated out there um, by the Dave Ramseys of the world. Is that oh, the the insurance company keeps all your money at the end of your life? Well, that's absolutely not true because the thing that people don't realize, and this is what. It just drives me crazy when I hear these statements being made. But the reality is, is that the face value of your contract increases each year. So you might start with a $3 million face value at age 30, but by the time you're 67, it might have grown to $6.5 million. All right. So your equity grows, but so does your face value. And the equity is what you can borrow against, right? And yes, the equity does not return to you on top of your face value. So if you have a $3 million in equity and a $6.5 million death benefit, if you pass away, you're not getting the equity and your death benefit. You're not getting $9 million in the same way if you sold a house that was worth 500000 and you had 250000 in equity, you're not getting 750000 for that house. You don't get the sales price of the house plus the accrued equity. It's ridiculous, but it's just that people don't understand what the cash yeah. value is. It's equity. So Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, right before we wrap up, I want to make sure we talk about the other side because someone might be listening. Okay, great. If I had a banker in here, he'd tell me what's beneficial for the bank uh, or exactly. excuse me, for the consumer, not the bank. Yeah. So 
I always say people can't do business with you if you don't understand how you make uh, business work. So how does sure. the insurance <clears throat> policy companies or the insurance companies, let's just say, who own the policies, or technically the consumer owns the policy, but you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. How do you so, monetize, right? Because that's a yeah. So, I, so this is the sense. this. That's a great question. The only way that I make money, I don't make money on education. I don't make money going through these plans. I make money if you decide to put this in force. The insurance company pays a commission to be able to do that, and all of the numbers that I show people when I'm showing them exactly how this works are net meaning after all the insurance company's fees and any kind of commissions is paid or anything. So if the numbers look good to you, just know that they're not going there's no gotcha. There's no, oh, if you sign up and book a call with me, you know, I'm going to charge you $5,000 to create a plan for you. It doesn't work like that. It is net numbers are being shown to you after all insurance company fees, commissions and everything. And it works and people love it. It works after the the fees are stripped out. Obviously, because it's a financial product, the insurance company is making a profit doing this, right? Because they have to guarantee that death benefit being paid or the face value being paid to your beneficiary. So it's not a free thing. But I will tell you this, after about mm, seven to nine years, depending on how the policy structured your age and your health, you have all of the same amount of money you've ever put in is available to loan against. And that money keeps growing and growing and growing and growing and compounding to where by the time you're at retirement age, you usually have double or two and a half the amount of money that you've ever put into it. So it has a lot of internal cash accumulation that you can do with what you want. It's like it provides a also a tax free retirement income. Um, that is just mind blowing when you look at how it's structured. I, and I, again, I don't want to go into too much because there's a lot of detail to how it's tax free, but it works just unbelievable. So you can retire on this plan as well. I love that. I mean, and, and, and what you've done here, uh, I think, Tom, the, the entire, you know, preface of, of, of this show is to plant the seed, right? Yeah. And, and then you got to, you know, you've got to pour more on it. So I think right now what you've done is planted a seed into some of us, ignited a light bulbs, if not a few. <laughs> what I'll ask is now that you've kind of, you know, brightened up the path to this, this new door that we didn't know existed, when we open up that door, we want to f figure out how we can get more in touch with you. Where can we find out more about the different rooms that there are in this door? Sure. That you've opened? Again, excuse my metaphor, but I have to do this. It's just no, it's, it's good. So enlightening. So where can a listener say, OK, this has gotten my attention. Obviously, experimenters need to educate themselves a little deeper. Where can they find out more about this? And, and how to All right. So you? there are two primary resources for this. It's infinitebanking.org is kind of an official like sanctioning body. And you have to go through training, education and stuff. And there is a practitioner finder there. And of course, I'm an authorized infinite banking practitioner on top of being a you know, all the other designations I went over at the beginning of the podcast. But I specifically have a website called Stress Free Planning, stressfreeplanning.com, where I have a ton of educational podcasts. 
I have resources, um, video education. I have the original developer of this concept teaching a course on it as well so that you can go and immerse yourself in this. And then when you book a time to talk with me personally about it, prior to our call, I send most the the thing I'm, I love is this book called The Case for IBC. So if you don't already have that book, I'll send you a copy to read before we talk because that really does turn on the light bulb for a lot of people as well. So it is a really um, it is a really effective education system that you have access to at stressfreeplanning.com. And that is really what I do is I educate first. And then if it makes sense for you, then we move forward. I love that. And that's a good tactic, uh, by the way. And, I, and when I say tactic, I meant as far as um, it's a good way to, to, to work with people. I was just mm -hmm. studying this, that if you give them your book before you come, um, it, it, it builds a foundation and, and there's yeah. rapport. And that's why podcasts like these are just as valuable as well, because now you have some rapport with who, who Tom is, how he's a beneficiary of his own practice and how he's now dedicated time and time to help others do the same. And the best thing we can ask for is, is, is awareness and education. And uh, we'll make sure we include that all in the show notes. If you're driving, keep your hands on the wheel. Don't you worry, we'll include that in the show notes. And Tom, we cannot thank you enough for stepping into the lab and enlightening all of our practitioners for them to take a step towards their uh, their, their future and their lives for them to actually make the right call and, and work with the three-headed monster. Thank you so much, Ruben, for having me. I really appreciate it. I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Absolutely. And just like that, we are out. If you're a real estate professional, a real estate agent, a real estate investor, a lender, a multifamily syndicator, a contractor, you name it, and you're looking to grow your online presence, but you have no idea how to get started or simply don't have the time at Invested Talent we help real estate professionals extend their current business to social media. Why is this important? Without this, you wouldn't be listening to this show and your own host, Ruben Kanya, and his team would not have done deals they've done today. As a matter of fact, social media has helped us keep this show together, which now exceeds a billion dollars worth of real estate from our guests collectively. That's right. Our reputation, opportunities, partnerships, and most importantly, real estate transactions were started directly from social media. If you're a real estate professional and you lack an existence on a media platform, Invested Talent can help. Simply go to investedtalent.com forward slash social media and make sure you click the get in touch button to get in touch with our team. Again, that's investedtalent.com forward slash social media and get in touch with our team. You focus on being the brand and we'll help you build it. Now, if you know anything about the lab, you know that we like to give practical advice. So if you feel that this podcast was of any value to you, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes by going directly to the podcast app. From the show's page, scroll all the way down and leave us a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Lastly, and most importantly, share this episode with a friend you feel will benefit this episode the most. Remember, there's a you and I in build.
Let's build, y'all.